My name is John Arelli. I'm the founding pastor here, but it's a joy to be on the worship team this morning with these ladies. Uh, today, we're going to be worshiping with a few songs, and uh, we want to welcome you, especially those who are online this morning. We realize that it's uh, there's a lot going on. If you live in central Texas, you're dealing with uh, mountain cedar, juniper, whatever allergies, plus you're dealing with uh, Omicron spread like wildfire. So uh, God bless you all who are at home today. God bless you all who are here. Uh, and this is our first Sunday back in the building for the new year. So happy new year. Uh, happy 2022. It's a new year. Uh, I don't know what that means to the Lord because he just, you know, he's infinite. But for us, we recognize it's a new year. And so we're going to treat it like a new year. If you would stand with me this morning, we're going to worship. And uh, some of us aren't feeling like worshiping this morning. And welcome to the party. Uh, when the weather is weird and there's allergies and all kinds of things going on in our lives, we don't feel like worshiping. And yet uh, we come and we just say, Lord, would you come, Holy Spirit. We open the doors of our hearts. We, we welcome you. That you would even help us to worship you this morning. That you would reveal Jesus to us. Because our mission, God, that you've given to us is to welcome you into all of life. So uh, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we consecrate this place to you, our bodies, our, our minds, everything that we have, God, for the sake of worshiping you and lifting you up this morning. And we ask that you would be glorified, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
we have this morning while the world is really kind of facing death we're facing life aren't we through Jesus Christ our Lord how wonderful it is that he loves us so much that he extends to us this opportunity to partake of him in a unique way by faith because in communion, He's present. The Lord is present. He's here. This is not just a symbol. By faith, we're receiving the Lord in a new way this morning. What a wonderful opportunity to be forgiven of any sins. What a wonderful opportunity to be healed of any physical illnesses. What a wonderful opportunity to be healed in our relationships to forgive others and to plan in our hearts to ask their forgiveness. This is the place where Jesus meets with his church, where he builds us up in the most holy faith. And we have this wonderful, wonderful uh, thing that he did for us as he was facing his death, his excruciating death. Unbelievable suffering lay ahead of him. He met with his disciples and he said, as he took that last meal with them, that was a Jewish meal that he changed its meaning, the Passover meal, he said, this bread is from now on my body which is broken for you. This cup is from now on my blood which is shed for you. Every time that you eat it and drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And he said to us, we would keep doing that until he comes. And then we'll meet with him in heaven and we'll sit down with him and we'll eat together. But this is like looking back on what he did and looking forward to that great meal. Are you looking forward to it? It's, it is our hope, isn't it? It is our hope. And so, Lord, we thank you for this bread. We thank you for this cup. We thank you for the opportunity of eating together, of drinking together. We thank you for life. We thank you that you died that we might live. And so let us take our bread and let us eat together. And my 
let's take the cup and let's drink together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you shout out with me? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. It's your breath. It's your breath. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. You only great are you, Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Uh, welcome. Happy Sunday. Happy 2022. Um, it feels like the year is long and short already. Uh, we're on the ninth day here. My name is Arlita Arelli, and I'm one of the leaders here at Mission Vineyard, and we're just so glad you're here, um, whether in person or online. We're just thankful that you're worshiping with us today. Uh, just a couple of quick things. Um, if you are new, we have these little gift bags in the back, um, nice reusable bag that you can use for whatever purpose you might have for them carting Legos around or um, picking up some groceries at the store. Um, but also inside there, we have something we call a mana bag. And that is a Ziploc bag that has some basic needs for people as you come across them on the street, as you're driving around the city, um, toothbrush, socks, hand sanitizer, um, some Band-Aids, just a way for us to extend God's love to people as we interact with them. And we often don't carry cash on us. And so it's still a way to bless people. Um, but in a way that works for most of us. So you can leave it in your car and just uh, take it with you as you travel. And then we also have something called a connect card. It just says, let's connect on the top of it inside that bag. And it's just, we ask for your name, email address, whatever you're comfortable sharing. We just uh, send a quick little welcome email and then add you to our weekly newsletter so you know what's going on in the life of the church. And we don't send lots of spam or sell your email address to anybody. Um, we just kind of want to feel, people to feel included about what's going on in the life of the church. And that being said, um, we're a church of small groups. We have small groups all over the city. Some meet online, some meet in person, some meet monthly. Uh, so all of that information is on smallgroup.missionvineyard.org. Uh, some of our monthly groups um, are kind of slowly getting back started after the holidays, so all those details are available there. But a lot of our small groups are going to be taking a pause this later winter spring for something called Alpha. And so if you're not familiar with Alpha, we're going to show a quick little video, and then I'm going to come back up in a second and explain it. Every day, we are inundated with so much information. There's so many questions remain. How can I find my purpose? Why am I here? What should I believe? How can I find peace? Why is life so unfair? How can I thrive in challenging times? How can I make the most of my life? These are life's big questions, but there's rarely enough time to think them through properly. If you live to be 70, you're going to spend 20 years and 3 months asleep, 10 years and 5 months watching TV, 5 years and 9 months in some form of transportation, 7 years and 6 months eating and drinking. Why not spend less than 24 of them asking life's biggest questions and try out So Alpha is an international uh, program to introduce people uh, to faith and a safe place for people to ask questions about faith. Uh, there's uh, a dinner served, and then there's a short video, and it kind of paused every once in a while, and you kind of talk to your table about different questions they raise. It's a great opportunity to um, invite friends or family or neighbors who maybe are curious and have asked you questions, and you're like, I don't know. Or even for yourself, you're like, I don't know. Uh, why do I even believe the Bible? Why do I anything, just whatever questions might come to mind. It's a really safe place to ask questions. Nobody will tell your question is stupid or wrong. Um, and uh, anyway, so it's going to start February 2nd. We're going to be uh, hosting that at St. Paul's uh, Episcopal Church, just south of here on Grayson Street. 
They have a great facility. There'll be childcare provided and a meal. Like I mentioned, it's starting at 6.30 on February 2nd. So if you have any interest at all, you'd like more information, you want to help serve, any of that, um, email info at alpha at missionvineyard.org. Um, and someone will connect with you to, on more information how to get plugged in in that area. But it's a really great opportunity to invite friends, invite yourself to ask questions about God. So I'm going to pray for our giving today and the rest of our service, and then Pastor John will come up and lead us in the rest of our service. So Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day and for the people that you've called to yourself that are here and online and those that don't even know you yet, Lord, we just thank you so much for them. And we thank you, Lord, for the resources that you've given this church and other churches around the world to uh, share your good news with people. And so, Lord, we ask that however people give, whether it's um, financially or of their acts and service and kindness, Lord, we just ask that you would bring it all to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. on and I thank you so much for being here. Thanks to our sound team and media and all these these things that go on so we can be online with all of you. Hi online, can you wave to all of us, those of you who are home? Hi, we can't see you waving. It's okay. Again, my name is John Relly. It's an honor to be with you this morning. We're going to continue in the scriptures this morning. We're going to learn about what it means to fully engage. That's what the series is all about. Fully engaging. How to live fully engaged. Whew, take a deep breath. Would you take a deep breath? Because a lot of us are holding our breath when we see that fully engaged thing. We're like, wait a second. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to fully engage. I'm ready to like kind of fall back into bed. Except you're here. You're amazing that you're here this morning. You got out of bed. So you are already fully engaging. Way to go. Last week we uh, talked about the Magi, the three kings that visited Jesus and how they fully engaged and what it means that Jesus would fully engage them as Gentiles, people from outside of uh, what the normal expectation would be for God reaching people. This week we're continuing, but we're going to learn about Jesus getting baptized and a character, a very crazy character, a very annoying character named John the Baptist. I'm very thankful I wasn't named after John the Baptist. I don't know who I was named after, but... It, it's not John the Baptist, and um, this guy was crazy, and he was so annoying, but he was needed. In fact, the scriptures talked about him back in Isaiah. They, they said there would be someone, it would be John the Baptist who would come, and it would have to be someone like him to kind of kick everybody out of their ruts out of their feelings of stuckness, out of their feelings of it's always going to be the same, and tell them, guess what? God is up to something. So engage, fully engage. That's what John did. Later, after Jesus engages with John, he gives us this verse, and this verse is, is helping us through this series to get centered. Jesus tells the people, he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Another version says, show me, show me your treasure, and I'll show you where your heart is. So, Lord, before I begin, I just want to welcome you again to do whatever you want. God, that I and my funkiness, whatever it is this morning, would get out of the way, but that your Holy Spirit would come and lead us that your scripture would reveal your love for us and your desire for us and your help for us to fully engage us in this world that you love so much, that you have plans for, that you have hopes for. Help us, Lord, God, that these words would be glory to you, glory to you this morning. Amen. All right, so we're going to Go to Luke chapter 3 this morning. It begins with a bit of a history lesson. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 3. If you don't, it will be up on the screen for you. It was the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea. Herod was the tetrarch of Galilee. His brother Philip was the tetrarch of another word that I'm not going to pronounce correctly. And Traconitus, I have a master's degree in this stuff, y'all, and it still slips me up. 
Lysanias was the tetrarch of Abilene. Abilene's an easy one, you Texans. The Bible is reaching out to you this morning. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At that time, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went through all the region of the Jordan, announcing a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so we see this little history that's going on. There's different rulers. Uh, They say it's a tetrarch and different kinds of leadership going on. But if you could just imagine, it's it's basically just a, a big gang of mafia. It's a family that's taking control. There's Caesar, there's Pontius Pilate, and then there are these guys, these slimy, slimy guys, these sons of Herod that have gained control and have said to Pontius Pilate, don't worry, I'll keep the Jews in order. Don't worry, we'll collect your taxes for you. And said to the Jews, oh, don't worry, we'll protect your customs. We'll make sure that everything you want to get done will get done. So these guys are in control of different regions, but they're really slimy. Really slimy. I mean, their families are a mess. If you could think about the most corrupt kingdoms in all the world, that's what they were doing under the cover of, we're the kings of the Jews. So on the outside, and Jesus would confront them later, he said, your cups on the outside look really clean, but on the inside, you're disgusting. So out of that, the Lord brings up John the Baptist, who is this really wild guy who eats locusts and honey. This, it was the weirdest Christmas present that we got this year, y'all. Chocolate covered, and we do have, they're not covered yet. It's a box of crickets and a box of chocolate that we get to, in our joy, mix together and eat. And we've not done it yet. Uh, and uh, we're waiting for you to come over and join us. So we'll do that. So this is John the Baptist. He lives in the wilderness. He's not hanging out in the city. He's fed up with the leadership and the government that's going on. Rome is in power, and so there's oppression everywhere. Everybody's sort of in this, this apartheid type of rule. And so John doesn't want anything of it. And so he goes out to the hill country. Anybody know that? Who's got some farms and some ranches? And maybe you've got an underground bunker ready for the end of whatever. This is John the Baptist. Without the conspiracy theories. This is John the Baptist. And he's out there. He's crazy. And then the Lord says, John, it's time to come back into the city. We need a little bit of your crazy right now. We need a little bit of your confrontation for everybody. So the book of Isaiah says this. This is from Luke chapter 3. And this is who John was. A voice shouting in the wilderness, get ready a path for the Lord. Make the road straight for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain shall be flattened. The twisted paths will be straightened out. Think about who he might be talking about there. Some twisted leaders maybe. The twisted paths will be straightened out. The rough roads smoothed off. And all that lives shall see God's rescue. And then... The holiest guys, the ones that kind of know what Herod's doing, but they don't mind his protection. They're not going to confront him. He says, you brood of vipers. Can you imagine telling the Pope, you brood of vipers? Someone in that kind of religious authority, not that the Pope is a bad man. John used to say to the crowds who came out to be baptized, who told you to escape from God's coming anger. Can you imagine if, if I as a pastor and there was somebody new to the church and I confronted them in the door and I said, who told you to come for God's grace? How many, we would, we would grow like so fast, don't you think? I, I only do that to Herschel because Herschel deserves it. Herschel, Herschel's, if you don't know, Herschel's been my mentor for 15 years and so I get to call him a brood of vipers whenever I want So what does John mean here when he says, who told you to escape from God's coming anger? There's people coming. There's there's Roman soldiers coming. There's religious people. There's folks that understand that something's just not right in the world. 
Can you imagine being under Roman occupation and you run a business, for instance, this kind of stuckness that you're feeling? Always, always feeling like you can't get forward in life. Anybody ever feel like that? Where you feel like, I just feel a little stuck, like, there's, like the things of this world are keeping me back. Maybe it's something inside of you. Maybe there's a physical ailment that's going on. You just kind of feel like, God, I want to move forward, but I can't. And so when they see this wild man come out from the wilderness, John the Baptist, and he's saying, hey, all that crooked stuff, it's going to get straightened out. They go, well, maybe, maybe there's some hope for me. Maybe that's for me. And then he confronts them. He says, who told you that you could come and escape God's coming anger, his judgment on this world? Because everybody knew from the, from the prophet Isaiah that if someone like John was, was doing what he was doing, that God's judgment was also coming. John the baptizer, why is John getting baptizing people at the time? Have you heard of Moses before? Moses, and he saves the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt. This is the story that really drives the Jewish people. This, this thought, we've been occupied, we've been under occupation, we've been slavery. But then God always rescues us. And he takes us into rescue by going through the parting of the Red Sea. Anybody ever hear that story? Or when they go into the promised land, they cross the Jordan and again the waters spread apart again. What John is doing here is saying, if you really want to be saved from the occupation of the Romans, if you really want to say no to their systems, if you really want to say, hey, Herod's sons, there's no way I'm playing your religious games in order to be a religious person. I know you're a mess. I'm not playing those games anymore. If you really want to say, God is the only God I worship, and I, I'm ready for his Messiah, I'm ready for his salvation, then get baptized. Because in getting baptized, the association of going into those waters that separated people from their salvation, that separated people from the place of slavery to freedom, was through the waters. So get baptized. And so when people got baptized by John the crazy man, they were saying to everyone, to the Roman occupiers, to the priests of the day, to Herod's sons who were ruling over everything, they were saying to everyone, I'm leaving your oppression and I'm marching to freedom. I am free and there's nothing you can do to keep me down. My life is not defined by you anymore. I won't play your games. I'm not part of your system. I'm free. So those who are getting baptized, they're confronted by John. This is Luke chapter 3 now. And he says to them, you better prove your repentance. This outward act of being baptized isn't enough for you. Some of you think that by doing this outward act that you're okay with God now. You better prove your repentance by bearing the proper fruit. Don't start saying to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, basically taking on that Jewish heritage as their right to do whatever they want. Let me tell you, God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Again, this is like the most... Uh, seeker-friendly pastor you've ever met. <laughs> Come get baptized. You're horrible. And I don't care if you do or not, because if you don't, God will raise up stones. That's how worthy you are. And then he says this, the axe is already standing by the roots of the tree. The system at work is about to be cut down. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So not only are you horrible, your religious acts aren't doing it, your corrupt systems are miserable, but God's about to cut you all down and throw you to hell. So of course, those with like an inquisitive mind, maybe some curiosity, maybe a heart that actually does want to get right with God, they say, what shall we do? And he gives them some practical 
ways out. Some anti-Roman, anti-Herodian son systems. It's not about them anymore. He's giving them some ways to practice what it means to be free from the systems of the day. He says, anyone that has two cloaks should give one to someone who hasn't got one. It's not about you anymore. The same applies to anyone who has plenty of food. Some toll collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they said, what should we do? He says, just be honest. Don't collect more than, what's, than what is laid down. Some soldiers, can you imagine Roman soldiers? They would be killed publicly on the spot if this was, I mean, thank God their names aren't in here. What about us? What should we do? No extortion. How about that? No blackmail. Be content with your wages. And the people were very excited. In the same way you would be excited if whoever you think are the terrorists of the day would come in saying, I want to be changed. All of a sudden, people got excited. And because of the change that they were seeing, they thought that he was the Messiah. They were questioning in their hearts whether John might not be the Messiah. And to this, as they were questioning it, John said, I am baptizing you with water, but someone is coming who is stronger than I am. I don't deserve to untie his sandal strap. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want to continue this story that we've been reading out of Luke, but the story's it's, it's, it's told in a bit of a different way, and it continues out of Matthew chapter 3. John continues to describe Jesus in this way. He's got a shovel in his hand, ready to clear out the barn, to gather all of his corn into the granary, but he'll burn up the chaff with the fire that will never go out. So the Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming. And when he comes, he's going to purify everything. And then Jesus arrived at the Jordan from Galilee, came up to John to be baptized by him. Can you imagine? There's this transformation going on. People are repenting. People are saying, no more Roman system. I'm done. No more with Herod's sons. I'm done with the priests of the day that are extorting people and making religion out of my love for God. I'm done with it. And all of a sudden, boop, 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 <laughs> Jesus comes. He arrives at the Jordan, comes out to John to be baptized by him, and John knows who he is. They're cousins, but he also knows because God sent him that there's a call for Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that's going to judge perfectly. He's the one that's going to sort out everybody. And John says, don't, don't baptize me. He said, I, no, he said I, don't let me baptize you. I there's no way I can put you, Messiah, through these waters saying that you're done with the corrupt system. There's no corruption on you. I ought to be baptized by you, John said. You're going to come to me. And if you don't remember any other scripture from this day, I want you to remember these few verses because this is what it means to be fully engaged. This is how to live fully engaged. This is where Jesus is calling us in the midst of whatever oppression you're feeling, internally or externally, in the midst of feeling stuck, in the midst of feeling like you know that maybe the faith that you've had isn't carrying you the way that it, your stuff needs to today. Jesus says, this is the way it's got to be. This is the right way for us to complete God's whole saving plan. I'm going to read that again. This is how it's got to be right now. John, I've got to get baptized by you. I've got to say, as a human being, as one that's going to save humans, as someone who's come incarnationally, I've come in the flesh. I am God in the flesh. I've got to enter into the story of everybody's occupation, of everyone's slavery. I've got to enter into your story, John, fully. 
People have to know externally and internally that I am not one with the Roman system. I'm not one with Herod's system. I'm not one with the priestly system. I am free, completely free. Nothing can hold me back from what God has. This is the right way for us to complete God's whole saving plan. So what are we hearing here? That Jesus is willing to do something in front of others. So it's external, but he's also doing something internally. He's entering in to the story of humanity. I'm one with you. And in order for God's whole saving plan, you you saw what John said. He says, you guys are entering into the saving plan by being washed in freedom, by saying you are going through the Red Sea, through the Jordan into the promised land, by this baptism, this external moment, which is so good. You guys are doing that. But Jesus is going to baptize with a fire that burns away all the stuff that we can't be free of. There's a kind of freedom that people are stepping through that Jesus says, I must do this. But God's whole saving plan is more than us just getting baptized. It's about the Holy Spirit baptizing us and setting us free from the inside out in a way that there's so much freedom that we can fully engage no matter what systems are around us or what systems have been within us. We were made for this. We were made for this freedom. We were made to take steps forward and saying, God, I don't want this anymore. We were made then to receive his Holy Spirit and to be set free in ways that we could never do ourselves. We were made for this. We were made to be free. Our vision for this year is to have that encounter like maybe you're having this morning, this confrontation, like you know, like the God is saying, I know you need something, and I want to give it to you. And then taking a step forward, excuse me. (coughs) (coughs) Taking a step forward in love, whether that's getting baptized or beginning to say yes to Jesus publicly, So you have this encounter to fall in love and then to engage, to engage in freedom. This is our vision for our church for this year, that everyone would go from these places of encounter to falling in love with Jesus and out of that falling in love, engaging the world in powerful ways with free hearts. What does it look like to actually have a heart that's free a heart that's been baptized by the Holy Spirit. There's a, a, a man, his name is Dawson Troutman. Dawson uh, was head of an organization called the Navigators. And he was a little bit like John the Baptist in that he had no problem confronting people about their stuff. If you listen to Dawson or if you read uh, a book by his, you'll hear him saying, if you're not bearing spiritual children in your life, then there's one of three things that's wrong with you. Either you're not spending time with the Lord like the Lord is happy with, you're sick, and so you're multiplying, like he, he, he associates it with, with childbirth. Either there's something, you're just not actually mated with the Lord, and so there's no reproduction. This gets a little physical right now. Or you're sick, like there's something broken in your reproductive spiritual organs or you're just not mature enough because what you're made for is multiplication what you're made for is a kind of freedom that engages with the Lord in such a way in such a love with him that what naturally happens out of that is multiplication you are made to multiply and he's really harsh about it He confronts missionaries that are about to go in the field. They apply and they go through a year of training. And then he does this interview with them and he says, so who's still following Jesus because of you? And the missionary trainees are like, I don't know. I brought somebody to church once. 
He's like, good for you. You're worthless and get out of here. I mean, he's so frustratedly angry because he knows, like John the Baptist, if the Holy Spirit's going to come, people, Roman soldiers, terrorists, next door neighbors, religious people are all going to get completely free. We were made for freedom. And as we begin 2022 and more masks are worn and more political stuff is happening and all of that kind of clouds our day to day. Can I tell you, there's so much more to life than this. Let me be not so bitter and angry like John the Baptist. But let me be a bit of a voice in the wilderness of our, the beginning of this year. There is so much more to faith. There's so much more to Christianity. There's so much more that God wants for you. He loves you so much. And whether you have taken steps to be baptized, whether you have given yourself wildly to your neighbors and said, God loves you so much, whether you are frustratingly trying to raise your kids in the Lord through this crazy, crazy world that keeps telling them that they don't have any identity at all. God has so much more for you. He wants to baptize you with his Holy Spirit in such a way that your heart is set free. And in that freedom, that encounter with the Lord, you start falling in love with him. So when somebody asks you a question like, is the Lord happy with how much time you're spending with him? You go, yeah, because I'm in love with him. And I love spending time with him. When somebody asks, what are your encounters like with those who don't know him? Are you still walking with somebody who's struggling in the faith? Is there somebody out there? This is not easy, but this is what we're called to. And the Lord will surprise us if we ask him, God, would you bring me someone who you would like me to walk with? Because I am in love with you. And I want our love to multiply and create something in the world that's so beautiful and so good that the world wouldn't even understand it if they saw it. Last night, we, my wife and I had the joy of going to a birthday party. I'm going to cry. Ten years ago, we started praying for some strangers, really, that I just met on the street. We got into a relationship when we started meeting me and the husband uh, every week, just about, talking about faith. He was so curious. And, and this is one sign, by the way, as you begin to pray for those that you might start talking with the Lord with, that their curiosity will come up. Let that be a sign to you. If they've got some curiosity, just say yes. Just give yourself to it. Just change your life so that the Lord can work with you to them. So we started meeting weekly. And year after year, slowly, slowly, maybe we'd take a month off or we, life would be, begin to be shared. And he'd start praying for me and I'd start praying for him. And, and then real life starts, I mean, the, the muck of life really starts to happen. And talk of divorce, talk of their children, what's going on with their children and, 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 different, and different issues and um, uh, stuff with work, all kinds of struggles. Well, finally, there's enough vulnerability in the relationship where Arlita and I said, would you just come over? We, we don't want you to get divorced. We believe that God has something more for you. Would you just, and, and this was a stretch because me and the husband were close, but the wife, the, you know, guys, you know, sometimes if you get close to another guy, the wives kind of stay on the side and you don't really know if when you all come together, if it's going to be okay. But we had dinner. And during that dinner, the Lord just gave me a, a real freedom to say, God has so much more for you. And we, we dug into the relationship, and they left holding hands. There are three kids now. Um, one day, he actually ended up coming to church, and we were having baptisms, and I said, does anybody else want to get baptized? And his high school daughter raised her hand, and she got baptized. She's a wonderful actress in high school, and so guess what happened? She started telling the world about Jesus. So last night, we're chatting, and, and, and as we're leaving, the wife comes up, and it's her birthday, and it's her happy birthday, and we're about to go. You know, I've got church today, and she said, wait, if not for you saying yes to Jesus and investing 
in my family's life. We would have gotten divorced. I wouldn't be following Jesus today. All the things that I've, that were ruining my life, I wouldn't be free from today. Look at my kids. If not for you, they wouldn't be following Jesus. They wouldn't be telling the world about Jesus. Their son on his baseball team in high school suggested to the coach that they start reading a devotional together. And so the whole team is reading this book. We have no idea what it might mean if we answer the call of a crazy person like John. When he says, the kingdom is at hand. Jesus, the Messiah, he's going to do something in you that's so much bigger than you could ever do yourself. He's going to burn off of you things that need to be burnt off so your heart can be completely set free. And as you engage the world, that freedom is going to transform lives that you would never imagine be transformed. We have no idea what might happen, but this is what it means to follow Jesus. Our whole lives need to be laid down, even when we feel stuck, even when we feel alone, even when we feel like this world is against us. You may be one that is just so fed up. God wants to tell you there's freedom for you. I know you're not feeling good on the inside. I know you've got ailments. I know you feel stuck, but I've got so much for you. Maybe the religion that you've been holding on to for a lot of years isn't carrying you today with your stuff. The Lord wants to give you a kind of freedom that can only come from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He wants to set you free. I'd love to tell you that every single person that I've asked to have lunch with has said yes. I'd love to tell you that every lunch that I've had has led to that kind of transformation. Just like Jesus, and i got to tell you, just like John the Baptist, there are so many people that hear them and, and they say, eh, I'm fine with Herod's sons. It's a system I can live in. I'm kind of settled being occupied by Rome. It's, it's fine with me. It's never going to end anyway. Life is life. But it doesn't mean that we stop. Can you imagine if the first person, John the Baptist, said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And they went, eh. And John's like, oh, I guess this isn't going to work. There's a freedom that God has for us. He loves us so much. He wants to take our weak and mortal bodies and transform them into his own likeness. And he's not done, and he's never going to be done until he comes back and he sees us face to face. His heart is for us to set us free. He wants our hearts to be set free. He wants us to be able to be fully engaged no matter what's going on in the world. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard times. In fact, let me just dispel the lie of Christian religion that when you say yes to Jesus, that everything is roses and sunshine. No, it often means persecution and spiritual attack because your freedom is opposed by the enemy of our world, Satan himself. He hates when we're set free. He would much rather that we're just on video games and Netflix all day, burying ourselves in social media, distracted, taking the life out of us where our hearts continually get more cold and dull to what real freedom is. Our freedom is opposed the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to burn off all the extra stuff if we would just let him. There was another woman I was speaking to this past week, and boy, she's had a life. Now, close to her 80s, and really has had a hard time with her husband. Her husband has not been kind to her for her entire life. And she said, the Lord has led me into a space where I cannot let my foot touch the ground out of my bed without saying, come Holy Spirit, fill me again. Fill me again so I can be the loving wife that you've called me to be no matter what's going on in my world. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be the loving grandmother that I want to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can hear your voice in the midst of a world that is so oppressive. Fill me Holy Spirit. 
And he does. And takes her in her aging body to stepping on the ground, not as someone expect, expecting for social media or anything else to give her any life, but that the Holy Spirit would take her from step one to step two to step three into a life of a heart that is completely free and fully engaged. Do you want it? Do you want it? I'm not saying, is it hard? I'm not saying, does it sound impossible? I'm asking, do you want it? Do you want that kind of freedom that only Holy Spirit could bring if we just ask him? Well, stand with me. Stand with me this morning. For those of you who have never said yes to Jesus, he's asking you to say yes to him today. And, uh, you know, let's do, we don't do this very often, but would you just close your eyes for just a moment? I feel like the Lord wants to, to let some people fully engage today with some grace. If your faith, the faith that you've been living with, is not enough, and you want to welcome Jesus into all of life, would you just raise your hand this morning? If you really want that freedom, you want the Holy Spirit to do something in you that only he could do, Pray with me right now. There's a prayer, and we can put it up on the screen for those, and it's in Spanish and English. Just pray a prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And just take a minute. Just imagine all the things that the Lord can strip off to cleanse you from, to set you free from. Would you just say with me, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. So I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We had a whole team praying for you this morning, and there's going to be a team waiting for you in this front corner to receive prayer. If you just need a word of encouragement, any emotional, physical, or spiritual need. But there was a team that was praying for you this morning, and as they were trying to listen to Jesus for what might be going on in your life, a couple specific things came to mind. Headaches, somebody suffering with headaches, somebody suffering with fever blisters, someone who just needs some hope, someone who has some difficulty breathing. If you're online with us right now, don't hold back from saying, that's me. There's somebody that can pray with you, even online within that missionvineyard.online church. If you want it, you could just email prayer at missionvineyard.org and somebody will get back in touch with you to pray about these things. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, if you want his filling today, these teams want to pray for you, to participate with you, to lay hands on you in a way if you let them, and you don't have to to be blessed by God's Holy Spirit for him to take you through today and the days to come for God to set your heart fully free so you can fully engage. Destiny's gonna lead us in one more song and as she does, would you just let your heart settle in these things for what the Lord might want for you. Let him speak to you. Go see a prayer team then I'm gonna come back and, and bless us to go.
down to high ground. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. I've come to fall down. To seek only your grace. Laying down on the ground. What joy is found. complete God's whole saving plan. He's saying that to you and to me. This is the way it's got to be right now. I've got to set you free. I've got to baptize you with my Holy Spirit. I've got to burn off all the stuff so your heart can fully engage and fully be set free. This is the way it's got to be because God's whole saving plan is at stake. You are invited in to God's whole saving plan by saying yes to his freedom. And so I want to bless you too. Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? That you would go out from this place encouraged that God is going to do more in you than you could ever imagine. That you would participate in setting others free. That generations of people might be changed. Beginning with you. That this year would be different. Not because of anything that you've done, but because you said yes to the Holy Spirit coming, baptizing you in a fire that burns off all the extra stuff that your heart would be fully set free, that you'd be fully engaged as the Lord would have you into his whole saving plan. I, bap I, bap I baptize you. I bless you to this. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to begin to consider Alpha again. There are folks in your life that are curious and you're wondering, is there a safe place for them to ask questions? Prepare for Alpha in just a couple of Wednesdays, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, we're going to gather all those who are interested in helping out 
Maybe it's just greeting at the door. Maybe it's making a meal. Maybe it's sitting with somebody and just saying, that's an interesting question when they ask you tough things. This is the time for us to fully engage, to be fully set free, to commit ourselves so that on February 2nd, we create a whole safe place because there's a lot of questions today and God's got some great answers and a great invitation for everyone. Have that in mind. Pray about what God has for you.